Hi, welcome to this episode of Coffee, Tea, God, and Me. Get cozy with a cup of coffee, or sip and savor some tea. Sit back and get ready. Ready to be real and raw. To be uplifted with lightness and laughter. Be prepared to dive deep into concerns about purpose and value, and uncover truths to guide you. Face a God who can help you live life to the full. Join me in drinking this episode's Cup of Conversation. Hey, Angela Therese here for another episode. And as today is Christmas Eve, I'm going to talk about Christmas. Merry Christmas, by the way. So, Christmas, what is it all about? Of course, there's the secular version of Christmas, which does have kind of some good ideas in it. There's that spirit of giving idea and the spirit of generosity and being kind and giving to charity and doing good things for others and doing acts of service. And then there's the fun side, the Christmas parties, the cookies, the cocoa, Christmas movies, the caroling. I know in my area, there are plenty of different Christmas-related events to go to. And of course, some of them are specifically centered on God and kind of more what Christmas is all about, but then there's others that aren't really so much. And all of that is well and good and fun stuff to do and go ahead and partake in that. But the origins of Christmas, of course, as the name suggests, Christmas... It's all about Christ. By the way, in case you didn't know, a fun fact, the meaning of Christ. So Christ comes from the Greek, and according to Blue Letter Bible, the pronunciation is Christos, and it means anointed. And Messiah is the Hebrew version of anointed. So if you say Christ Messiah, you're actually just saying anointed, anointed, and being, as an old professor of mine would put it, repetitively redundant. But anyway, anointed, there may be a lot of you out there who have not heard that word, or you've heard it but aren't really sure what it means. Basically, it means consecrated or made sacred, dedicated to God. Another definition, chosen for a sacred high, or special vocation or purpose. And a a specific version that actually says its definition according to Christianity, and this is all from dictionary.com, by the way, the specific definition for anointed related to Christianity, empowered or made effective for God's purposes by the special activity of the Holy Spirit which is a very appropriate definition for Christmas as the whole story, according to the Bible, is that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in Mary to be born a man. So, Jesus Christ, sent through Mary, born on Christmas Eve. Why? What was the point? What is the point of Christmas? What kind of God decided that Christmas should be a thing? Why did he decide that Christmas should be a thing? And so the direction that I'm going to go with 
for this talk about Christmas is the idea of God the Father and basing it off of the verse in Isaiah 9, and this is verse 6, where Isaiah prophesies about Jesus and he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From the latter time forth, even evermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And that's actually verse 6 and verse 7 of Isaiah 9. And there is a lot that could be said on those two verses. I could make a whole series out of these two verses. There's so much to unpack in there. But for this episode, I'm focusing on the part where it says, Mighty God and Everlasting Father. And now me and my love for definitions, synonyms, and etymology. So everlasting, some synonyms, eternal, never-ending, perpetual, indestructible, enduring, infinite. That is the kind of father that God says he is in this verse. And another verse in the New Testament this time that talks about the aspect of God being a father and also sums up the whole reason for Christmas and God sending his son to be born on Christmas. Now this is Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Yet all of this was so that he would redeem and set free those held hostage to the law, so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children, and so that we would know that we are his true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, my true Father. Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very sons and daughters. And because we are His, we can access everything our Father has, for we are heirs because of what God has done. And that was the Passion Translation, if you wanted to know. So if you notice... There's a repeated theme in there about redeem, set free. And of course, Christ is called the Redeemer and the Deliverer. And you could go really deep into theology and look at what theologians have to say about it. But basically, so when it talks about being under the law and set free from the law and no longer being slaves under the law, but being God's sons and daughters. Basically talking about the idea of being set free from trying to work and prove yourself being good to God and striving on your own and being free to just be 
could also say getting out of legalism, getting out of rules, and living in relationship with God. And so this verse basically is summing up the whole idea of Christmas, and that because of the Son that God sent, Jesus, that is, of course, we can be free from the law, in other words, striving to be good, trying to prove ourselves worthy, trying to earn our way to heaven, free from that, and live in relationship with God the Father, and be his very sons and daughters, and have access as an heir to the Father. And now when you're legally a son or a daughter or an heir, you have that legal right to everything that your parents have. Now to give a practical example of what this looks like, I have a key to my parents' house. So even if my parents are not home, I can easily get into their house, I can sit on their furniture, I can eat their food, I can get comfortable in their house, I can do whatever I want in their house because I have access because I'm their daughter and they have trusted me with the key and the access to their house and everything they own. And the same is true with God the Father and his heavenly kingdom. As his son, as his daughter, you have access to everything that he owns. Now, I am not trying to make this a prosperity gospel at all. That is not at all what this is about. I'm talking about the biblical basis of having access to the freedom and the victory that Jesus died and rose again to pay for, which basically is living in that relationship, being comfortable with God as a good father. And I found a quote that gets at this idea that I want this episode to encompass. This is John R. Rice. And he says, You can never truly enjoy Christmas until you can look up into the Father's face and tell him you have received his Christmas gift. In other words, when you can look at God the Father, look him full in the face, and honestly say, you have received the Christmas gift he sent. And I'm going to call that the steep on it for this episode. So what does that mean to look into the Father's face and tell him you have received his Christmas gift? Well, first of all, you have to understand what the Christmas gift is, obviously, to receive it, which, as I had said, is Jesus coming to redeem us. And one way you could say it is you've received Jesus as your personal Savior, which in Western culture, there's a good chance you have heard that phrase, whatever your beliefs are. And that, of course, simply means seeing Jesus for who he is, the Son of God who paid the price of sin so that you didn't have to, and accepting him as your Savior by your choice, not the choice of your parents or anybody else, but making your own decision to make him Lord and Master of your life and receive the payment that he made. And then another aspect of this quote looking up into the Father's face and telling him you have received his Christmas gift. So aside from talking about being a born-again believer, receiving Jesus as Savior, what I was really thinking about this idea is focusing on God as an everlasting Father. Can you see him as a good Father? 
Can you receive a gift from him, believing that it's a good gift? Because you can even be a Christian, even a true born-again Christian, and not really fully realize the kind of father that God is. Because, of course, whatever you've experienced with your earthly father, whether you like it or not, impacts how you see God as a father. Even if you had a good earthly father, there can still be a negative impact from your earthly experience that translates to your experience with God, the Heavenly Father. And I'm blessed enough to have one of those good earthly fathers. But even a good earthly father is still a human and still not perfect. And as wonderful as my dad has been, he has also fallen short sometimes. Because, after all, he is just a man And I have had to forgive him for some things and process and work through some things. And remember that my heavenly dad is not the same as my earthly dad. An excellent book, actually, that I'm going to use as a resource for this. And I highly recommend this book. Even if, like me, you're blessed to have a relatively good earthly father, this book is still beneficial in helping you understand who God the Father really is, and how you can believe he is good, no matter what you've gone through. And so the name of the book is Experiencing Father's Embrace. When I first heard about this book, before I got it, I actually remembered the author's name even easier than I remembered the title. So the author is Jack Frost, which is appropriate for winter. But that really is his name, Jack Frost, Experiencing Father's Embrace. And he went through a whole lot that he had to process. He did not have the best experience growing up, and he shares a lot of his testimony in this book. And anyways, the part that I'm going to share right now from it, and in this chapter he talks about the familiar parable of the prodigal and homecoming. And he says, Anticipate the homecoming your Heavenly Father has planned for you. He understands your hidden core issues, your need for affirmation that may stem from issues in your childhood. He sees the secret place in your heart that cries out for the unconditional love of a father, for the affirmation and affection that only he can provide. His compassion and mercy are available to you. He longs to bring you back into his house and for you to join in the celebration and the joy of the feast. He is not ashamed or angry at your misrepresentation of his love. He wants you in his loving embrace. And that is the kind of father that God is. And to give an example of the kind of heart that God the Father has, the God that sent Jesus for Christmas. A few weeks ago, I was at an event that was actually one of those fun Christmas events, Chris Kindlemart. And I may not be pronouncing that right. But anyways, I was with a friend and we were sitting up near the stage listening to a band perform. And I looked over on the other side of the room and there was a space cleared in front of the main stage where people could dance if they want to. 
And actually, most of the dancers were children, which was absolutely adorable. And I was highly entertained and loved watching it. Uh, but there were also some parents dancing with the children. And at one point, I looked over. There was a man holding his daughter, and she was about two years old. And she was obviously sleepy, and she was leaning on his chest, and he was holding her close and just kind of slowly dancing with her. And a couple of times she lifted her head up a little bit, and they looked at each other in the face, and then she put her head down again on his shoulder. And it was the absolute sweetest moment to watch. Just this beautiful, intimate, loving time between father and daughter. That is a picture of the heart of God the Father, holding his child close, just being together. And so if you need to picture yourself as a little child being held by Father God, by all means do it. I've had to do that. It can be very therapeutic. And ask him to help you see him that way and to feel his presence spiritually real in that way. He wants you to know him as a good father. He wants to set you free in that way. The God of the Bible is all about relationship, healthy relationship. And as a good father, he does correct his children just like a good earthly father does, not in a condemning way, in a convicting way, in a loving way. Living as a child of God, there's a balance of of being willing to be corrected, being willing to be disciplined, but that correction and discipline coming from being truly loved and understanding that no matter what, God loves you, sees you, knows you as you are, and he wants the best for you. And even his rules are in your best interest Again, because I work with young children, I think of examples with young children all the time. And we have to have rules for them so they're not spoiled brats and so there's not chaos. We're good teachers because we have rules for them to follow. And, of course, rules that make sense, rules that are for their safety, for helping them develop into good human beings. And that's how God the Father is as well. Everything he's about is from his heart of love. And when you can come to a place that you really understand that, then you can really enjoy the true meaning of Christmas and what it's all about. And yes, I know that's much easier said than done, especially if you've been through trauma, through abuse, and have. A whole lot to work through. And like that quote says, God also knows that is not easy. And he understands. And he's willing to walk with you and work through it with you. But you have to be willing to let him love you through the process. And if you need his help to be able to see him as a good father, then ask him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to talk with you. Just ask him. 
And if you're a visual person like me, and even if you're not, this might help you. Try and picture him with you in your mind's eye as you have a conversation with him. And you can not only ask him for help, you can vent to him, unload to him. Be as honest and raw as you want, and he'll be there listening. And if you're not used to having a conversation with God and not used to the idea that he actually is there and he actually cares about you, yeah, I know it can be weird um, trying to talk with a God that you can't see. But also, in my experience, even though God is not physically seen, he can be very real and present in a spiritual sense. And God is a relational God. He wants you to know that he's there. And depending on your personality and different things you've gone through, it, it might be harder for you. It's harder for some than others. But it is possible to have a relationship with the God that the Bible talks about. An actual relationship. Not just a religion where you're doing things for him because you're trying to prove how good you are and how worthy you are. But a relationship where you don't have anything to prove. And not only do you not have anything to prove, but instead... He pours his love and revelation into you to show you how loved and worthy you are. Let yourself receive the truth and the good gifts that this good Father has for you. This good Heavenly Father. And that word receive, so again with the definitions, because of how much I love them, and how it really... Helps to paint a better picture of what I'm trying to say. Receive. To come into possession of. To act as receptacle or container. To assimilate through the mind or senses. To permit to enter. And then it has a few words as synonyms. Welcome. Greet. Believe. And with the word believe, to accept as authoritative, true, or accurate. So in that sense of receive, with how I just described what that really fully means, can you receive what God, the Heavenly Father, says to you? And wants to give to you as a good gift. His Christmas gift is in Jesus. And everything that you have access to because of that. So this Christmas, look at Christmas as the story of a good father sending a good gift. Look at Christmas as part of a love story. Whereas Max Licato puts it. He says, the story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless love for us. And I'll call that the espresso shot thought. 
the story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless love for us. And relentless, that is persistent, continuing, constant, continual, non-stop, never-ending, steady. That is the kind of love God has. That is the why and the what of Christmas. And whoever you are listening, I just release over you a spirit of revelation from God that you can see him as a good, loving father, that you can know him as a good, loving father and receive the good things he has planned for you. That you can know, really know, that you are loved by this good Heavenly Father. I pray this over you in Jesus' name. And I'll also say this prayer over you. Dear Father God, may everyone who listens to this encounter you in a new way and have a fresh touch from you as a good Heavenly Father, God. May those who listen truly know the depth and the height and the width and the richness of your great, amazing love and what that means for them. And let it transform them. Transform them into who you have created them to be and set them free May all those who listen have a new understanding of what Christmas is really all about. And may that understanding help them to live life in a fuller way. I speak healing, I speak peace, I speak joy, I speak hope. I speak all the things that you have to offer as a good God over those who listen. I ask and speak this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coffee, Tea, God, and Me and drinking it down to the last drop. I hope it gave you encouragement and insight to help you live a fuller life. Be sure to follow and share my podcast. And for updates and links to my social media resources, check out my website, coffeeteagodandme.com. Be blessed.